What is going on? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brent McGrath. I collect sports cards. I bet if you're listening to this podcast, you probably collect sports cards too. That's awesome. I am enjoying hanging out, talking to collectors, and doing this damn parallel series. Are you enjoying opening up your phone on Instagram and seeing sports cards? It's been fun seeing some of the bangers pulled out by all of you and curated on your feeds. I appreciate you tagging me and letting me share your cards. Today, we are keeping the series rolling with arguably the most important parallel of the modern era. Yes, we are talking about the gold prism. Oh, how I I covet the gold prism and how it just is such a central card in our hobby and means so much. I've got my good friend, Danny, at Modest Card Collection on today to talk about what the gold prism means to him. We share stories. We talk about personal significance, favorite years, all of those things. But at the end of the day, we get into the weeds on why we think the gold prism is arguably the most important parallel of the modern era. You like what I'm doing over here? You follow it? You subscribe to it? But most importantly, importantly, you tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. So this is a big one today because we're talking about, I don't know, you have a, you have a gun to my head. What, what's my favorite modern parallel? I'm probably saying gold prism. So I know a lot of you out there are gold prism simps. Uh, we'll be sharing our gold prism cards and I'm excited to have this conversation with an awesome collector. I'm joined by uh, his second appearance here, Danny Modest Card Collection on the Instagram machine. Danny, welcome. I know you're a little sick. You're playing through it. It's your Jordan flu game, if you can say that as a Knicks fan, but here we are. Listen, we plow through. Uh, you know, me and Michael Jordan built different, you know, so what can I say? <laughs> Maybe, so who knows what will happen on the other side of this, but... You and I, I think this is like off topic, but fun to bring up is just like, I'm kind of on a high right now after the Pacers beat the Celtics at home for the in-season tournament. Um, as we're recording this, your Knicks are playing the Bucks tonight. And I know there's like some people who like are saying, oh, these games are meaningless or whatever. But you and I were just remarking about how like much fun it is. So maybe just like sh- share a little bit, just basketball fan, like your perspective on the the tournament so far and what you like and if you don't like anything. You know, I, I felt when everyone, you know, when the announcement was made, they were going to do this, you know, someone who follows Premier League, you know, a little bit, you know, I'm a big Tottenham supporter, but outside of that, I don't. So I was open to the idea because I'm used to those cups in, in uh, you know, uh, in European football and whatnot. And, you know, people were kind of bashing it. What's the point of this? Why are we doing it? Um, but, um, you know, for for the little guys out here, you know, the non, uh, you know, giant, you know, Celtic or Laker fans, you know. Uh, there can only be one championship every year, and it goes to usually a team that's you know uh, has all the stars aligned on their roster. So you know to have a little incentive to play for, it's very exciting. I am incredibly excited for tonight's game. Um, I'm hoping they smack the Bucks. Uh, you know the Bucks, you know obviously have bigger ambitions. I'm not sure the Knicks are quite a quality of uh, the quality to win a championship this year. So I'm super excited, and I was thinking the same thing you were. I was like, we need Knicks Pacers to go at it one more time. Uh, you know it'll be hype. It'll be awesome. Let's do it. Let's let's make this happen. You know, we're we're wishing that into existence here, <laughs> so we can reignite the 
rivalry and act like it's 1994 all over again. And we've been going down the nostalgia train a little bit, but this is more modern. And I think this is fun and maybe a good place to start. And we, we kind of chatted a little bit before this and um, talking about gold prisms. I'm sure everyone out there is probably, and you are probably like, Oh, like there, this one's going to get super controversial with based on what's happening. And I think what we're trying to do is like avoid that, but maybe like, a good launching off point on gold prisms, which I think would is important to just show collector conviction around this card is my, my first question is just like, there's an Eli Manning gold prism. The year is what was the year again? 2013. 2013. Yes. Which by the way, like I hadn't had a 2013 until I got my Andrew luck and 2013, maybe the best year. I don't know. We'll talk a little bit more about it, but heavy bid. Talk about why you decided to bid that high on a card, Gold Prism, of Eli Manning, outside of your Eli Manning and Giants fan. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, for my personal PC and, like, the the, the PC, my museum, you know, of, of cards, you know, uh, trying to complete the Eli Gold Prism run uh, is, uh, is an important goal of mine, you know, when it's related to the hobby. Um, so, you know, the first one I picked up was a 2014 uh, and I was like, that's great, you know, and then I was able to snag a 2012, you know, uh, a few months after that on a PWCC weekly um, for much less than that card was listed for on eBay you know, at a buy it now price. So, you know, there was like a little win there. And when I had the 2012 and the 2014, I started to crack my knuckles and say, ah, you know, this is it. Like, can we can I do this? Can I can I complete a run? You know, and that's when the research started kicking in and, you know, going on the PSA, you know, pop counts and, you know, trying to my best to understand the BGS, you know, certain numbers and pop counts and whatnot and using card ladder uh, sales history. And, you know, what, what I discovered when I started to do the research is that um, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, I'll find those, you know I mean? Those, those I'd find, they've turned up a bunch, but what I didn't notice is that 2013 uh, had only been slabbed twice. And the only, uh, the only one that had been sold was about uh, like a year and a half ago. Uh, It was a pristine 10, uh, a little before, a little after, you know, this controversial auction ended, I realized that that was in like a forever home of a mm. long time collector. So, um, and I knew there was one PSA slab that was a PSA 10. So those are the only two that were slabs. So I said, you know, this is the card that I really want to have in my PC. So, you know, from that standpoint, I was, you know, and it, the seller was in Hong Kong. So actually this, this card was on the other side of the world. So, you know, I put in a bid that was over... Uh, you know, like a, a few hundred over what the last one sold for in April of 2022, which I didn't think was, you know, too, too crazy. But, um, you know, having kind of a pulse on, you know, Eli collection, uh, you know, I was surprised it ended up selling for as high as it did. And so obviously, you know, everything kind of transpired from there. But, you know, I put that bid in because that card uh, was worth that much to me to have in my personal collection. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, you know, a lot of like some of the conversation afterwards, like that's too much to spend on a card or whatever. Uh, and when you say stuff like that, you're relating it to the resale market, or if we were to, you know, re-auction it off today. And like, personally, I don't really give a shit about the resale market. Like, I wanted that card in my PC. Um, so, you know, a lot of it afterwards is like, people apologizing, oh, it sucks that that happened. But to me, it's like, you know, I'm just relieved I have it. I have it right here. You know, I have it right here oh. as a piece. You know, I have a few of my Eli's out just as to like kind of look at here. But um, this 2013, you know, it, it meant that much to get into my PC. And honestly, to me, it was almost a difference of, um, you know, if I complete this prison rum, in the next year or year and a half, or is it going to take another several years if I don't get this 2013? And another one might pop up, but I know that there isn't that many out there. So, 
you said so much there that I want to dig into. And one of the things that I think is super important is like, you just shared so much context for like why you purchased this card for what you purchased it for, or were willing to purchase it for. And I think so much of what happens just on like social media, it gets lost in translation. And a lot of people are just looking at that purchase from the lens of like, like you mentioned the resale market, but I think it's important to call out like, what you did there is you did your homework and you did your research and you realized there was another copy, but that copy's not going anywhere. So for you, based on your personal collection and what you're looking to build and aspire to do, and that's complete the run, you have decided you want that card in your collection and this is what you're willing to do. There's so much of that like substance that we all have as collectors and conviction and make these decisions is are we just supposed to live in this world where it's like there's social media and all these outsiders looking in and they're peanut gallery and we'll always have commentary and we just take it or leave it? Or is there anything maybe that we can do as collectors to to better like communicate what you just shared there in the context around it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there has to be, you know, it's it's hard to do because there's so many wonderful looking cards out there. But, you know, I think when you have conviction, when you're purchasing a card, it's OK. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's one of these things where uh, did I overpay? I don't know. You know I might have. You know what I mean? But again, it's like if this copy that I'm holding, when this thing is resold, it'll be, you know, as of now, years from now. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I think that just kind of purchasing this card when I had the opportunity to, you know, it was just important to me. Um, to get like, you know, just to get it in hand and and be a step closer to, to a goal of mine, a hobby goal of mine that I hope to complete, you know, sooner than later, you know. You said uh, run there and the gold prism run. And I want to hit on that. I have completed an, an Andrew Luck run and probably gold prism run and probably my favorite thing I've done since coming back into cards. And I had Tim Marino collector on here and he like was breaking. I had never looked at it from this lens on the gold prism. He was breaking down like the uh, gold prisms and thinking about this, the rarity and scarcity, which obviously 10 copies. And you've got players that you collect over a certain amount of years. And he was comparing it to like the rarity and scarcity around 90s cards or rare and scarce parallels. But like you flash forward several years. So I don't know, like, that has me thinking about these cards a little different. I know this isn't like a, we're not trying to hype these cards up because everyone already knows Gold Prism's rule, but like, how do you think about these cards when you're like trying to complete that run? Like in terms of your collection, if you saw a card you wanted right now, is it like, this might be my only chance I get a crack at this. So I got to go all out. Like what's your mindset in terms of completing the run? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when, when, I, you know, I, I think there's a way of scaling it, right? Like the 2012, 13, 14, you know, you're obviously less likely to see those. Whereas, you know, when they're broken now, you know, almost right away and they almost always go right on eBay, you know? So, you know, I think when you're collecting a modern player or uh, anyone who's played was active from 2012 to current, all roads lead through the gold prism, right? It's like, whether you want them or not, you know, um, I, most of us have owned them, you know, if, if, if you don't love them, you know, it's kind of a jumping off point as to where you start uh, as a collector of a player PC, that's a current player. Right. Um, so, you know, when you get into the, like the, when they, when they appear, um, you know, it, you, you kind of have to make a judgment as to, you know, what, what you think the cost is and just doing your research. Right. It's like the, uh, the conviction behind that and just kind of knowing that you're going to grab it. I'm sorry. I'm probably not answering your question there. 
No, no, it's it's fine. I I just think like the having that perspective in just trying to understand in terms of like this is a card we don't care about necessarily rookies. We don't care about anything else, but we just like understand the significance of that specific parallel over time and want to complete the run and we'll do whatever we can to to make that happen. I guess maybe throwing it back to you in just terms of prism and gold prisms and the brand itself, like what do you think the impact gold prism has on the prism product? Like, do you think it's the reason why prism in this era has become the brand for a card that we think about, or is it something else? Absolutely do. I mean, I think, I think the gold prism in terms of the Panini era is probably the most important parallel, right? It's a small mir- a hobby miracle if you could find a one of one black or a one of one black. Yes. Right? Like, let's be honest. Yes. You're like, oh my gosh, it's popped. It's here, you know? And then it's a small hobby miracle if you can get it at an affordable price that you're comfortable paying, right? Depending on the scale of the player or whatnot, right? But as the gold prism, it's like, you know, being numbered to 10, um, you know, it, it is, it is, you know, it to me is the premier parallel that it's offered now as a collector of football or basketball, right? Um, in the late 90s and, you know, stuff that like the Marino collector, you know, specializes in that I love collecting as well. You know, so many different brands had the licensing, right? So you have, you know, the, I mean, 98, right? Like the Rubies, the Essentials, you know, the the PMGs, you know, uh, you know, the Super Raves, all that sort of stuff, right? But, we, you know, as collectors of modern cards, we don't have a ton to kind of go off of outside mm-hmm. of gold prisms, right? You know, there's RPAs and stuff like that. But, you know, that that's stuff that, you know, generally a majority of us do not collect because we're not spending, you know, $10,000 on a case of Flawless, right? So, um, you know, I, I absolutely do think it, it is the brand. And as we're getting close to the end of days of the Panini era, right, it, it, it is kind of hard. You know, when I got into collecting, you know, a pand- little post-pandemic-y, you know, like 2020, 2021, Prism became kind of a dirty word, right? It was like, you can't find it, right? There's people fist fighting each other at Walmart to get a hand on a blaster box, right? Uh, they're being resold for, you know, $200 on eBay, uh, you know, base Zion, base Lamello, base Burrow, like all that stuff was just going through the roof. Uh, and now as we're getting to the end of the run here, you know, it's hard to not look back on Gold Prism with like a touch of nostalgia and already mm. sad, right? We don't know what Fanatics has planned. We don't know what Tops has planned. You know, obviously golds in that era are to 50 and I assume they're going to stay to that. So the premium of a gold card um, will go down, you know, as we, you know, step into this brave new world that we're all uh, about to encounter soon. Sooner than later, maybe, who knows? What, what do you think about like the cross-pollination between sports? So you've got like basket, like when I think about gold prism, I think about like you got basketball gold prism, you've got football gold prism. And then, you know, there's unlicensed baseball that I know has an audience, especially the early stuff. Right. But it seems to me as I've been doing this series and talking about parallels, it's the, almost like the parallels that transcend just one sport and move across all sports that people like have the collectors have the same conviction are the type of parallels that stand tall over time. So I don't know if you've thought about that at all, but just like football collectors think about them the same way as basketball collectors and vice versa. Like, do you think that sort of thing is important in terms of like the long-term health of the gold prism market and desirability? Totally. I think when you look at the last, you know, 11 years or whatever, I mean, you know, not to, I do not mean to equate, you know, a Panini prism to like tops 52. Like, I, I don't mean to do that at all, but you do see like, you know, the one thing that that prism will co- completely like recircle back on is like these prism flashbacks, right? Whether it's the UFC or the WWE or the, or, you know, and baseball and basketball, I do it too, where they run back to 2012, you know, 
And the nostalgia of that design and shape, I think is something that was going to last for a while. You know what I mean? And especially as like, I, I don't know what the future of prison is. I, I, I honestly, I don't keep up that much with the news on it, but I do know that like, you know, it just seemed like it's going to be at an end here. And, um, you know, we're going to lose that, that flashback, you know, like the, you know, design or whatnot, along with the gold prism. And I think these will hold the test of time, you know, I, they're important for collectors. And honestly, they've, they've been the flagship for the last, you know, decade plus of, of sports card collecting. Right. I mean, um, you know, the, the, it's the one consistent line that goes through and through. That's a premium thing, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I, uh, forgive me wrestling card collectors for omitting wrestling cards, which just seems ironic in and of itself, but just sidebar here. You know, what pains me a lot. I love those flashbacks across all sports and WWE, it came in this year and they've got them and that Roman Reigns looks so great, but it's got a damn sticker. It's like, how, why couldn't they have made these without the sticker autographs? You know, it's brutal. Yeah. I saw that golden had like the, uh, the stone cold one of one black prison 2012 flashback, which just, you know, his his autograph looked great. It's just a sticker, just like on it, like half crooked kind of, uh, and it's such a bummer. (laughs) It really is the sticker autos or something that, uh, they paint us. <laughs> like when you see them on a, on a premium card like that, it's like, come on. In terms of look, aesthetics, feel like two parter here. Like, what's your favorite year of Gold Prism? And what do you think is the most important year? And they can be one and the same. Yeah, it might be. It's probably 2012. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I just think that, again, that's something that's going to, like, uh, you know, if you like, that, that will stand the test of time, right? That design. Um, it, it, it's, it comes so iconic with the Panini brand and, and the Prism brand specifically. You know, from an aesthetic point standpoint, just a note on that. Like 2014 is like the fever dream of Prism. It's like it's like the only year where they went waist up on the player photos. There's no borders that year. I don't I don't think there's another Prism. Yeah, there isn't another uh, year Prism that that doesn't have borders and went all gold background. Um, and it's funny, I look at 2014 and there's sometimes I love it. And then there's certain days where I'm like, eh, not my favorite, you know? So I guess it depends on the day of the week, but I think 12 and 13 are, especially from a gold standpoint, I think 12, 13, 14 are probably, you know, the best they did, you know, uh, personally, you know? Um, and you know, as, as the years go on, every time they release Prism, I'm always like, like, I don't really like this design. And then, you know, eight months later, I'm like, eh, bad. you know, like 2022, I'm like, not bad, you know? Although I do feel like the innovation is kind of it's a little flamed out a bit here since 2020 and it kind of seemed like 2020 to 2023 i just looked at the design recently what that's going to look like and they kind of all look a little interchangeable like they're not they're not too different and i wonder if they're kind of just like dragging their feet on just pumping out the product here as opposed to you know diving in a little more creatively so the 14 i had always cited as my favorite but then i got my first 13 and i like i'm going to be a give like a complete non-answer which isn't great podcast content but the the 13 the way it shines like i don't know i think there's something as a shiny card simp i think there's something special and to me it's unique specifically to that 13 year am i crazy do you no, see the same thing the gold is it's the goldest of the gold you know i, I think that like um you know i, I I don't know why, especially when you scan it, if you just were to scan it and I scan all my cards, it's like it pops more than the other ones. I don't really know why. And also, I love the little dimples on it. I, I like I'm a big fan of like these little like dimples that they have on that design. They have them on 12 a bit, too. But um, I just think that design, the balance of it, the composition, I, I think 13 is absolutely a phenomenal design, you know, but, um, you know, still 12, I still think is the uh, is the king here. You know, I know based on your sentiment. 
you might not be as you might not jive as much with the later years. But if you had to pick a later year, and this is maybe anything past 14, what do you like and why? So I probably this is going to be a hot, hot take here. If let me try to land the plane on this comparison here. If you took away 75% of my memory and you spun me around three times and you sent me somewhere 20 years in the, the, the future and I picked up a 2020 prism, I would still remember, ah, 2020 prism. Yes, I remember that. You know, that design, just the, all the thing around it. I have grown very fond of it. You know what I mean? Uh, to the point where like where I see a 2020 prism, a gold prism of someone that, uh, you know, just like I just picked one up of like CJ McCollum, you know, in the background is like the, the bubble. And I'm not like hyper connected to CJ McCollum in any way, shape, or form. But the price was really cheap, and I was like, it's just like a beautiful card that I just want to have in the PC and in, in my in the part of the PC that's just I appeal things, you know. <laughs> so I, I I actually kind of like 2020. I mean, 2018 I think is a great design as well. Um, and obviously that's become like an iconic year with the Luca rookie and all that sort of stuff. But um, I think those two are probably my favorite of the modern ones, you know. What does that say when you when we're talking about design and aesthetics and then also layering in like the moments in time and nostalgia? And my guess would be like you reentering during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like that holds a place and means something. And I just think about like where 90s basketball cards are right now and the the prices and the values and the competition. And mostly like that comes from like that place of nostalgia that maybe hasn't like we're we're talking about something that you need like 20 years to marinate on. Like, do you ever think about that when you're thinking about just like gold prism pandemic moments in time, that sort of a thing? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think nostalgia does, you know, it's the key to kind of what collecting as an adult is, you know what I mean? Right. Whether it's the feelings and, or, or the aesthetics. I mean, I was actually, it's funny you say that because I was looking at a, um, uh, I have this little ambition, like a side PC I'm building out of, of NFL MVPs. So every year there was an NFL MVP. I want to pick up a card. And I was looking at uh, Joe Montana, who won the MVP in 89 and 90. And I'm like, what card would I get, you know, for Joe Montana? And the 1990 Pro line, like I saw it and I was like, that's the one. Because all I did when I was, you know, seven years old is there's Pro line all over my childhood home in a box. It's just like wall to wall Pro line. So I think that's like, you know, I, I do think like 2020, again, it's like, that's something that I think that like, I will always remember that design and feel. And eventually it's like the players and all that sort of stuff that you remember from there. Right. Um, so, you know, I think 2020 will, will, you know, hold the test of time. I think, you know, um, although, you know, again, it, I'm not sitting here saying like 2020 is the best or the most awesome, but you know, it definitely is for someone who came in late, you know, I wasn't there in 2012 when the, the turnover happened, you know, to Panini and stuff. Like I do think 2020, you know, is something that you, you'll always remember in some capacity if you were here, you know? I feel like we can't have this episode without like talking about its its counterpart, which would be the gold refractor from Tops. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting um, when you think about these cards. And I would imagine most people who like gold prisms like refractors. And on the surface, if you don't know anything, you look at them and you're like, it varies over years, much like it does the shine, the design, everything else, Tops and Prism. But like this big difference is the volume right there's 10 gold prisms most of the time there's 50 uh gold refractors how do you think about like gold prisms versus refractors as a collector who has a lot of different collections inside your collection how do you think about comparing and contrasting those two um brands that are highly coveted parallels from kind of highly coveted brands yeah i mean it's someone who kind of dips a toe into like um 
you know, like, uh, I mean, dip a toe, but I, like, I have a few searches, obviously, as like a big Yankee fan into like modern baseball. And obviously, that's where you would see the chrome. And at any moment in time, it feels like you could find a gold refractor to 50 of like an Aaron Judge or an Anthony Volpe or any one of these modern players. They seem to pop up a lot, you know, and I think that's kind of the world we're heading into here. And I kind of, you know, you almost wish that like tops would would go to 10. You know, but I mean, I, I don't think that's realistically something they would consider doing um, because the premium of it is going to be gone, you know, and, and you know, I think in Chrome now it's like oranges to 25 or something like that. So, you know, it, it's like a whole new scaling of it. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's sort of a bummer like, out of this, this phase where I don't know, maybe, you know, again, your experiences, you know, dictate a lot of how you think about these things. But, um, you know, the, the gold to 10, it, it's going to be a bummer when it's out the door. You know, it really is. I'm sad thinking about it, and we don't want to bring sadness to the collectors yeah, like, listening to the podcast. And we're just going to hope that it continues in some shape or form forever. <laughs> now, we hit on the 10. Is 10 too high, too low, or the perfect number based perfect on? Perfect number. Come on. Okay. Yeah, we love 10. No, I mean, yeah, 50 is like insane. You know what I mean? Think about like the prisms that are the 50. Uh, it's things you and I probably, you know, uh, a majority of like, you know, collectors that go deep into player PCs don't really touch. Right. I don't even know what the 50 is in prism. Right. But whatever it is, you know, it's like it's probably there. You know, what I mean? whether it's on COMC or or eBay, you probably find it, you know. And again, that's what I've noticed when I like kind of check out ultra modern baseball. And again, I'm not like the biggest ultra modern baseball you know, collector. So, you know, apologies to anyone out there who feels differently. But, you know, it's like the 50. It, it just it, there's so prominent you see them a lot on ebay pop up so 10 is a great number we should keep 10 i don't know how to do this campaign yeah we need we'll start the campaign right now i agree for me personally it's the challenge of trying to find one is like it's can be overwhelming but i feel like if you're persistent enough you'll eventually get it Totally. And it's like, you know, uh, you know, you'll see like one one a year, one every, you know, 18 months, you know, it'll pop up. You know what I mean? You'll get it. But um, the thing with the 10 too, it's like, you know, when it gets into like rookie prisms of like modern players, that's something I feel like you have to be kind of pragmatic about. Like I have, I'm trying to do a gold Saquon Barkley prism run, right? This is like a sidebar, a side tangent here, but I'm like holding off on buying a rookie. You know what I mean? Because it's like right now, currently, it's something that is still, you know, selling for four figures, you know, and it's mm. like, you know, to be, I hope Saquon doesn't listen to the podcast. And if he does, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, chances are, you know, he's closer to the end of his career than the beginning, right? Uh, the Giants, uh, you know, can't get off the mat, it seems ever. So uh, he might not even be on the Giants in, you know, a few months. So to me, it's like, you just kind of need to approach, because it is 10, you know, you do need to approach it with some sort of like, you know, being pragmatic about like, you know, honestly, like, you know, when you collect long enough, you're like, I should be collecting, you know, Lord willing for decades longer, right? So you know, that $1,200 Saquon rookie gold prism probably be, you know, $200 in, in five, six, seven, eight years, you know? So, uh, I mean, it's just approaching like that, but that that's the challenges when you're serial number to 10 also, you know? Totally. And I want to talk about, I've got, you've DM'd me, which uh, I'm sure we'll post by the time this goes live. You DM me a, a photo of like all of your gold prism, which there's a lot of giants. This is, it just looks so beautiful together. Uh, and I want you to maybe talk about some of your gold prism collection, but one thing I never noticed about this year, and this is just a sidebar because you collect Warren Moon, is 2014 has mm-hmm. Warren mm-hmm. Moon in both Vikings and Oilers gear. How about heck that? Yeah, and heck yeah, no, it's so cool. I love that. Um, so I mean, 
I completed the Warren Moon Gold Prison Run. I know everyone's always talking about that Warren Moon Gold Prison Run. There's, I think it was a four or five years, but 14 has him, yeah, in the Vikings and Oilers jersey. But the nice thing about Gold Prism, and I know this was a topic you touched upon with like post-playing career cards, that, you know, Warren Moon in that incredible Oilers jersey, uh, it does not have a ton of shiny stuff. Uh, there's 94 finest, I think it's 94 finest. Uh, that's the only thing that he's in, in like an Oilers jersey that's shiny for the most part. So uh, to, for Prism to run him out there a few times in that Oilers jersey, I was very excited to grab those. But yeah, 2014, he's in a Vikings and Oilers jersey. It's awesome. It, did you sub but those both yourself? No, I bought those uh, off the World Wide Web. So wow, wow, two tens. Though, that's pretty. Auction. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I they were I think they were in the same PWCC auction, and I was able to snatch them both up. Um, and I was happy to get them. Yeah, no, they look great, and uh, those specifically in 2014 really look. I like them. I love those. One basketball. You've got a, a couple here, but one basketball gold prism. I want to call out that you have. It's another post-playing days, but it's from that significant year of 2012, and it's also another PSA 10. And this, like, uh, there's, like, this intersection that happens with cards and photography that, like, just hits this sweet spot for me where it's – and that's, like, I'm looking at this 2012 Charles Oakley Gold Prism PSA 10. He's got the flat top. It's got the old Knicks logo. It's got the old Knicks jersey. And I'm, I'm like, as a Pacers fan, I just want to, like, throw eggs on him. But, like, you've got this – this parallel that's just like so prominent in 2012 and then just this nostalgic of a image that you would see feels like you'd see on a 90s card like to me that's special and might not be for everyone but that it's making me feel something that now that i see this card maybe talk a little bit about that yeah i mean that card so it's funny that card was a nice lesson learned the psa 8 popped up on uh like one of the pwcc auctions and i bought it for this stupid amount and i was an embarrassing amount i don't know what a minute um and then after because i hadn't seen that many of them pop up and i looked at the history and it seemed like one popped up every few years and then suddenly after that i think i'm not kidding you when i say psa 10s i think six of them popped up after that. <laughs> and every single one that popped up and honestly some of them multiple times was lower and lower and lower from the price <laughs> so i mean i think that shows what a great parallel gold prism is that i got my ass handed to me on like one of the first ones i ever bought and i came back for more i was resilient you know for me though it, it's funny it's like i would love to collect more knicks in general but obviously basketball has a high price range and i just like my my memories with the knicks over the last decade are more sad than they are upsetting so you know i don't really like gravitate towards any of them and obviously a lot of them pop up but i just i just don't you know really feel a need to have any of them as much as i'd rather go back into the tops era and collect like mid 2000s or all these kind of like meme type teams where it's like jamal crawford and Quentin richardson and those guys so um so i kind of always laid off on the basketball but yeah i've kind of you know when it comes to collecting gold prism it's mostly giants that i've grabbed and i think one of my favorites in there is trying to do the 2012 team set and you know for football in 2012 the team set's kind of nice because it's only six players (laughs) Mm. so it's awesome but it's really hard to find because that obviously is something that uh you know, uh, they, again, they're over 10 years old, obviously. And then also, you know, you have people that try to build gold prism sets and stuff like that. So uh, I'm too short on that. But um, yeah, and I haven't really seen one of them. I've never seen, uh, which is Ahmad, uh, Ahmad Bradshaw. Uh, and then the Knicks popped up once and I, I didn't take it down. So so that, that's one of my favorite ones in there uh, in terms of like that. But it, that's why I kind of gravitated to, more towards Giants. But that Oakley one, too, it's like that's the only Nick one that it's like has like some sort of like nostalgia feel for me that I actually want to like do again, you know. Um, whereas and then you, there's a Ewing in that set as well. 2012 Prism is really funny because I guess I didn't realize this, but they held back the rookies from 2011. So mm-hmm. in 2012, 
there's 300 cards and I think the last hundred are rookies. <laughs> so, um, so it's such a loaded set, but, um, but uh, I think the other flat like throwback Nick is Ewing and hopefully one day I can add that, but it comes with a high price that one. Hitting your 2012 giants team set got the Eli. Of course, this is going to throwing out some nostalgia names for everyone. Jason Pierre, Paul, uh, Justin Tuck, go Notre Dame, go Irish. Um, like Victor in that card with that face mask. It's yeah, he looks. He, if you if you want a Justin Tuck card, this looks like the card that you're going to want to buy. It looks awesome. <laughs> and then Victor Cruz, and then you mentioned the Bradshaw, which uh, I've got a little bit of nostalgia for because he spent some time in Indianapolis. But who's the other player missing? This is like a classified ad. Help him out. Mix. Hakeem Nix. He's oh, Hakeem Nix. Yeah. So that's that six. And then they have those two rookie, like that insert rookie set in there. And there's two Giants rookies. I have one, you know, the other one. I'm like, eh, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. But um, yeah. So I mean, those six to me would be that that, that would be a dream set to put together. But um, you know, I love doing sets that are manageable, right? And and the early prism gives you that opportunity where, you know, I think I don't know what the, the checklist is now on Prism, but you know, it's 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 much uh seems like it's much longer at least. So one other football that I want to mention because it seems like you've got a little bit of a run going and do you do you have a complete uh victor cruz gold prism no i don't i'm missing 14 and 16 11 to 16 gold vinyl but um that's another one where it's a player that uh you know uh he went to umass like i did uh he's puerto rican like my mother is uh he's uh he's grew up in new jersey which i spent most of my years in new jersey i'm very connected to victor so that's another one too where it, it's been uh, i haven't really seen a 14 i i've found a collector who has one on Instagram who wants to keep it, of course, and I respect that. Uh, and then the 16, I've never seen pop up. So uh, that's another one that I'm hoping to finish out soon. And then hopefully I can like stop collecting gold prism set runs because it's getting pricey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've got a one out, one wrestling card here, which is oh, yeah. just, it's the image. It's a Brett, the Hitman Hart card. And it's literally Bret Hart uh, giving uh, Diesel, AKA Kevin Nash, a bulldog off of the old school steel cage from 2023 what what made you purchase this card i kind of like i wanted to hone in on like a, a wrestling pc and I, I feel like Bret hart's kind of the one I, I i like the most uh i just loved Bret as a kid you know um and just kind of dipping back into wrestling uh and watching some of his matches the level of performance you know i mean wwe just like the gladiator entrances and all that sort of stuff um he's kind of the one i wanted to hone in on the most i think so uh i saw it pop up and i thought that image was really quite wonderful when it comes to you know eliciting memories from your past and stuff like that with the old cage in the background and obviously you know diesel getting it um so uh you know that was kind of a no-brainer for me to grab you know and it's kind of uh it's probably my favorite wrestling card that i own so so you were just at uh with with uh your kid you were just at uh barclays for smackdown how was the smackdown yeah, experience it was awesome so i mean it, it feels like two blinks of an eye ago we were at like pj mask the musical and now suddenly we're here at smackdown amongst a bunch of screaming adults um it was awesome man. he had such a great time and you know just as a dad having the opportunity to kind of take your kids to something that like i remember my first wwe thing it was at the brendan burn arena in the Meadowlands. uh it was like a house show like hogan was there it was a school night i just like have these foggy but i must have been in second grade uh i went with a friend um and so to kind of relive that with him, it's been so exciting to kind of jump in with him and just see like his enthusiasm towards it. You know what I mean? And hopefully I'm providing him with some great memories for his uh, future. And, you know, it's it's wonderful to hang out with your kid and kind of enjoy something mutually. Right. You know, when they're oh, younger, yeah. like you're doing things, you know, you're watching you know, the Coco Melons of the world and you're like, this isn't exactly what I would spend <laughs> time on personally, but I love you. So we'll do it. So it was a blast, man. He had a great time. 
And he's offered to buy tickets next time right in the front row because he wants to high five a wrestler. He said he'll buy the tickets himself. I said, all right, maybe. <laughs> when 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 their music hit, who got who got him out of his chair? Like like you, when you were back at that show when Hogan came out, like who was it for him? You know, um, so his favorite wrestler, oddly, is Gunther. I don't know why. <laughs> just he's just he's gravitated to Gunther, so obviously was not there. Um, but you know, after the show was over, I had to explain dark matches to him. So obviously we got like a Seth Rollins match and a Cody Rhodes match at the end that were about like, you know, 10 minutes long, but like respect to those guys for coming out and performing, uh, you know, the, the, the shows after the cameras go off. Um, so, uh, I think, I think he was pretty pumped for Seth, but the pyrotechnics, like I've never seen him jump. So <laughs> like, like they, they popped off and he was like, Oh my gosh, like it, it caught him by surprise. He was excited to see Seth and Cody and, uh, you know, overall, he just had an awesome time. It was really great doing that with him, you know. I'm glad we could sidebar on some wrestling chatter for a minute. <laughs> Maybe we bring this one home with Gold Prism. We've talked a lot about him. We've covered him. But where do you think Prism ranks, Gold Prism specifically ranks, in terms of the hobby's most significant parallels? Like, how do you frame it up in your mind? You know, 2012 to uh, current, you know, it, it's 1A. You know, I mean, I think for all of us, again, it's like all roads of modern collecting kind of seem to lead through the gold prism. So, you know, when we're, you know, 10 years out of this and, and you know, who knows what prism and Panini look like at that point and if they're extinct or not, um, you know, it, it'll be the banner flagship, you know, parallel of the decade, I think, you know. Um, and, you know, time will tell if I'm right or wrong. I don't know. Again, I'm not pumping them by any means or anything like that. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, something that, you know, if you wanted to collect Eli Manning or, you know, Drew Brees or, you know, Pat Mahomes or whoever, Aaron Rodgers, you know, all these players that have kind of defined the last decade, um, you know, it'll be the gold prisms. And even on the high end, when it comes to like Tom Brady or LeBron James, right? Like those are like, when I say like the last, like, what are the most expensive cards of the last, you know, 10, 11 years, you know, the most sought after cards the last 10, 11 years, you can think of those gold prisms of those guys up there, you know, outside of one course which is always the big variable so um you know long live the prism gold to 10 long live it you can find him on instagram at modest card collection danny thank you for coming on sharing the passion we will have to do this again soon awesome thanks a lot man thanks for having me and uh, happy holidays everyone always fun to talk cards with danny go check out his page at modest card collection what parallel will we be doing next who knows should we rebrand this podcast? Should it be called the Stacking Parallels Podcast? Who knows? Maybe someday. But until then, have a great weekend. Happy collecting. And we'll talk to you soon. Hey, 